0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. I'm Jen Jeff, founder of Savvy Cooperative, and I'm thrilled to be here on the Offscript Media Network to talk to you about a dirty little word, non-compliant, because patients are labeled non-compliant all the time. But more often than not, it's because the system hasn't been designed in a way that works for them. I truly believe that patients have the power to influence the future of healthcare. So join me as we take on healthcare and challenge the status quo, because sometimes noncompliance is what moves the needle. Hey Matt, what's going on?
1: Oh my goodness, it's been a while. How you been?
0: It has been a while, except it feels like three days ago because this year and this past—I guess it's not even a year. It's more than a year now.
1: Well, once we got past December 38th, I felt like you know <laughs> the new year the new year really began. So
0: it's wild that it's already 2021, but here we are.
1: Yeah, and I got my vaccine shot.
0: Well, rub that in my face.
1: Why don't you? Well, what did we agree? Vomo vaccine of missing out. <laughs> can vaccine I, of can missing out? Can I claim or that?
0: I still putting my vote in for VaxGel, gel, vaccine, vax, vaccine, 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 jealousy. All
1: right, that's just gonna go on like uh, UrbanDictionary.com or something. There's got to be Va- deeper awkward meanings for all of that stuff.
0: Yes, exactly. How about yeah. just vac-
1: yeah? Because like vax jelly, it's just you can't do that i got
0: I got Vax jelly.
1: There are some, yeah, that
0: actually sounds dirty.
1: There are some neologisms that work and there are some that just don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fine. This is up for debate for another time.
1: Exactly. No, I, my my wife was able to get her vaccination because she's uh, a teacher. My parents were able to, my in-laws were able to, because they're over they're over 75. But they but again, like it was like um talking to my policy friend how Remember when the ACA website launched in 2010 and it crashed because too many people wanted to use it? Totally. Where I think people may have preemptively realized that could possibly happen, but they could not have possibly predicted how bad it was going to be. So they could only forecast a billion people wanting it at the same time instead of a trillion people wanting it at the same time. So we're hitting like refresh, like we're buying concert tickets at midnight. You know, to go see the Counting Crows or, or you know, (laughs) wherever the hell it is going to be in college, and literally, finally, like the high school pops up or the arena pops up, and you get the thing. And my mom goes to this one on this day, my dad goes to this one at this day, my in-laws go to this one at this day. But I qualified as I did when Cuomo enacted the um, quarantine, the 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 stay at home orders in March, which was a single business owner essential worker in media. That in order for me to produce, hey, I didn't say it. He said it, right? So
0: yes, you didn't see my my head tilt with yes, that comment. Not but, to disrespect what you do, but yes, that's a very niche thing. <laughs> it
1: is extremely niche. We follow the rules. Uh, not that the cops were stopping me at the Brooklyn Bridge when I drove in in March, April, May, June, July. But I went back on the site. Sure enough, that was still there. I signed up. I got my first vaccine, and here I am.
0: Well, again, vax jelly because that is not my experience. My mother is an HCP. So she actually got a, her, the first dose of her vaccine. The second day the vaccine was out in the United States. I sighed a huge sigh of relief because my mother is also high risk and old. And don't, I hope she's not listening. We love you, mom. Um, we love you, mom. Um, and so I, I mean, I was so relieved. I like cried when she showed me the proof of vaccination, if you will. So super thrilled for that. My sister, also in HCP, has her first dose of her vaccine coming up next week. My father, who's also old, um, he couldn't get an appointment until mid to late March. Whoa. But meanwhile, the immunocompromised one over here is twiddling her thumbs, hoping for her number to be called. And if you're tracking, here in New York, Cuomo just announced that we're going to be rolling into the next phase, which does in fact include people who are immunocompromised. However, it is so vague, and there has been so little information shared about how you qualify. Is this self-certified? Do I need to get a doctor to recommend it? And Here's which case, how
1: sick I am to get this vaccine yeah, on I mean,
0: look, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I pulled up my own patient portal or my Apple health kit, which tries the best it can to pull in all my incongruent notes and diagnoses or whatever. And I looked at it and I looked at all my diagnoses on my phone and I tried to be like, will they, you know, I have enough things on here. Will they just (laughs) give me a vaccine? But it's because, you know, a lot of it is either having HIV or history of cancer or certain other things. Neutropenia
1: that, was one of them on the list.
0: Neutropenia, thalassemia, sickle cell. Right. But, you know, I assure you that juvenile idiopathic arthritis is not showing up on that list. nor the other, you know, laundry list of conditions that I have. So it is challenging for those of us that are immunocompromised but are not fitting in a neat little box. So, yeah. I don't know. TBD.
1: I feel like it's like, you must be this dying to ride this ride.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, my mother's been on me about it. She literally just texted me this minute. She just texted me. Was she, you we were channeling it. her. We were channeling her. She's probably like, Did you just say that I was old? No, she's <laughs> probably got this spidey sense about the vaccine because, like, we were up late texting last night and she was like, Vax shaming me as if I didn't want to get it, which is bananas because yes. I was all on her for making sure she got her dose. But because February 15th is the date that people who, you know, are, have pre-existing health conditions under, you know, XYZ criteria are eligible. It said today that they're going to open up scheduling on Sunday, February 14th. And so my day is clear, also, because what am I going to do? And I'm just going to sit there and refresh and see if I can get an appointment. It's like literally you said.
1: like iHeartRadio concert tickets. I swear to God, it's the exact if you go to the right website, that's what it is. And at 1201 is when you start refreshing, refreshing, refreshing and find the nearest high school. I know they're opening Giant Stadium. They're opening, I'm only, it's, it's Shea. I'm going to call it Shea Stadium. It's City Field, but it's Shea Stadium. They're going to open Yankee Stadium, you know, but to what extent? And, and I know they said that like CVS and Walgreens are going to give it out, but where do you go and which ones? And their website's very vague.
0: And all the, like, how many websites do I need? Like, I remember you shared the one website with me. So I checked that. And I saw today, CBS says they're going to carry it. And if you look, it only says in Manor or Manorville, New York, which is somewhere in Long Island. And so, but like all the different websites that I'm going to have to go to, to attempt to see who's got an appointment. And I was listening to, I believe, another like NPR podcast of some sort that was talking about. Some of the failures around people kind of gaming the system and signing up at multiple sites. Yep, and that sucks too. And I also do not want to be that like white privileged person like going up to the Bronx and stealing doses from other people. And it, it's just, ah, gosh, this is not a this is not a great rollout.
1: <laughs> you know, I recently did a show um, with Dr. Lisa Richardson, who is the head of the Division of Cancer Control and Prevention at the CDC. She's a lovely. Brilliant uh, scientist and researcher, and we were casually discussing how, in fact, the government is going to quote certify people that get their second vaccination mm,
0: because definitely.
1: they're saying the TSA is going to want to see it, that you know certain airlines are going to want to see it, Uber may want to see a it,
0: Bax jelly passport.
1: I'm serious. Like, what is that going to be, and the, when is the black market opening <laughs> to create the fake <laughs> vaccination cards, and what's it going to look like?
0: Oh my gosh, you're right. I definitely did have a fake ID when I was underage. So, what would this say?
1: I mean, I just see a huge entrepreneurial, you know, opportunity, a white space, you know, cash in on fake vaccination cards.
0: I was part of, I believe, a clubhouse the other day that was talking about some of these things, right? Around the fact that we don't have a single system and we shouldn't expect that for like whatever this sort of COVID passport would be either that there will probably be multiple players in the space, which makes me feel like the analog to patient portals where patients have to have a thousand different portals as I do. But then you have like an Apple health kit that's attempting to pull them all together. Although then the redundancies of the different um, diagnoses that I have, because it, it, it says something like, you know, I was diagnosed with like juvenile arthritis in 20, let's call it 2014 or something. So that would have made me 30, which I did not (laughs) get diagnosed then, but that's because it's the date that got pulled into the system.
1: Right. Yeah. So we we were having another sort of what if scenario conversation. This is me with Dr. Lisa Richardson from the CDC that should we just go out and host vaccine only social events and see who shows up or who tries to get in and then we can card them with their fake blue light kind of fake CDC vaccine card or something.
0: Well, that's what the concern was early in the pandemic, is if people who got sick and had antibodies, would they be now forced in some new society to be the grocery <laughs> yeah. store workers, right? Yes, exactly. Like, what does that look like? So I don't know. Right. It will and, be, and I think what's still up in the
1: air, and this is part of why like, I just feel like our conversations are like, what the hell's going on here, is people that get their dosages within two weeks of the second dose, they are likely to not be shedding any virus, even though the virus that they have, if they have any viral load inside them, is no longer uh, a contagion to other people that uh, have not had COVID yet. But if someone else has antibodies and has not yet been vaccinated, odds are like within 99% carbon neutral each other's immune systems.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what TBD on the exact science of it. Science. But I think science I, I i'm glad there is science back in the white yes. house and we can trust things again but yeah i mean i don't know i have fully plan on still taking precautions around making sure that i am masked and everything else i have not seen my family who all live out in massachusetts i haven't seen them pretty much the entire year i went i saw them one time for 4 hours in july when i finally broke down rented a car Drove to Boston, three and a half hour drive, spent four hours hanging out in the backyard with my family from a very safe distance because I was terrified that I was the contagion coming from New York City. So like if they inched close and we were all distant, but like if they got too close, I kept backing up. Quick, I'm like, quick, she's can-
1: got some queens on her. Get her out of here.
0: I was like, I can't kill my parents. It was too much of like a a burden. So I was terrified and I didn't stay overnight. I just got back in my rental car and drove back to New York the same day. And that's the only time I have seen my family since last January.
1: Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm really just focused on maybe harping to the extent that, you know, where can we get enough credible early data to substantiate that if you have antibodies at any load within your body? and you have not been vaccinated, and yet you come in contact with someone who has been vaccinated and is two weeks out of their second vaccination, do you pose a vector to the other one in any way, shape, or form? And if so, what does that mean at the end of one level, which is impossible to figure out? And then the other one is if you put 10 people in a room who've all been vaccinated for the second shot a week later, Is it even remotely feasible that there's any virus happening in that room?
0: Well, I think, (laughs) again, now we're just being citizen scientists postulating on this stuff. Science. But I mean, that's where, would it pose a risk to those 10 people in a room? Maybe not. But if you and I were in that 10 room, in that 10 person room, and I came in, and even though I was vaccinated, but I had some of the virus somewhere in my little nosy nose, and I spread it to you, you have a vaccine, but now it's in your nosy nose, and you take it to your next party with somebody who hasn't been vaccinated. Like, I just don't think we know the data yet. So that's what, mask up, friends, mask up until this, we know more.
1: Yeah, the anti-pox parties. (laughs) I'm coining that term. It's my term.
0: They were coming off Super Bowl weekend here. And I mean, the idea of people getting together outside of their homes and having big Super Bowl parties is just so hard for me to get my head around because still here in New York City, I just feel like, gosh, remembering what it was like at the beginning and all the death. In all the refrigerated trucks on the street, it's just so hard to think of going back there.
1: And now we're all like, yay, they're going down 30% decrease." decreasing. But that's because this spike from the holidays is over. Now we got to yeah. wait till Easter to show up. And so we'll get a spike in May.
0: I'm hoping that it's trending in the right direction. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that the vaccines are going to roll out and roll it faster. And with J&J and AstraZeneca, single dose vaccines coming to market. Yeah,
1: the single doses will ch- be a game changer.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I'm 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 feeling positive about it if I could just go ahead and get one. Of <laughs> yeah, my own, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I'll feel really positive.
1: <laughs> I also feel like you and I occupy a unique leadership space where I did get the vaccine cuz I could, but by posting it and telling people it it really did send a sign cuz one again, I keep going back to this episode with Lisa Richardson that I asked her point blank, can cancer patients get the vaccine? And she said, "Yes, yes, and yes." If you're worried, talk to your oncologist. But ASCO has certified this and ESMO has certified this. And this has gone through all of the data and the research. Unless you are acutely immunocompromised, like neutropenic, like you said, you probably shouldn't, but you're probably in a hazmat suit somewhere anyway. So, to to that extent, it is not dangerous. And I want to do a shout out to the blatant assholes at Dr. Stadium that blocked the vaccine shots that they were giving out for free by like shutting down the parking lot
0: my gosh did you see some of the stories about um there was i don't know where it was but there was somebody or a team of hcps that healthcare providers i'm sorry i should keep clarifying my acronyms that were like broken down in the snow somewhere and they only had a few hours left in the vaccine doses that they had in their cars so they just gave it to people on the like who are also broken down in their cars yes
1: i saw amazing
0: i was like want that that's like a stephen
1: king book waiting to happen something evil's (laughs) gonna show up after all of that anyway
0: oh my gosh no i'd be like here's my arm please inject me right now i can't wait i'm gonna have a little vaccine party i'm so excited oh you
1: saw that there was this um this pharmacist in i think wisconsin that intentionally destroyed vaccines that were delivered to his pharmacy because he doesn't believe in them special place
0: in hell for that yeah
1: yeah nice guy really nice guy salt of the earth Good people on both sides, right?
0: So many people are dying. Right. It's terrible. I mean, honestly, like I was also listening to a different NPR podcast. You can tell I like podcasts. Um, do you ever listen to Shortwave?
1: Yes. Every now and then, yes.
0: So this one was talking yeah, about- Yeah, which one? Well, I guess the most recent one. And what did they call it? Um, something numbing, psychological numbing, something about the fact that, you know, if you heard that one person was dying- that that elicits a response from you. But as you talk about larger numbers or genocide, you're just numb to it. It doesn't do anything. And so it was talking about the fact that if you heard that 87 people died of something, hearing that 88 people died doesn't make you incrementally more sad. Right, exactly. And the fact that we just like lose touch of that. And I think, you know, even if you're on social media, we've all now watched so many people probably share either that, there a family member has died or whatnot and i just it's so real it's so sad i don't know how we get people to take it seriously
1: i'm not a fan of painting binary brushes but do you feel this is remotely accurate that i don't know if it's nature nurture but people are either only affected by something if it affects them or you're kind of born to just want to help other people by nature and ideally help people if they get this
0: that, there's a lot to unpack there.
1: Yeah, answer everything <laughs> right now in the remaining five minutes of our conversation. I,
0: I mean, I believe that you can teach empathy. So I believe that you can even there may be people that are more, you know, inherently drawn to wanting to help other people. But I do believe it's possible to teach such a trait. So, yeah, nature versus nurture is probably a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, I wonder about that too. I don't know if you know Dr. Mark Lewis on Twitter. He's living with stage four pancreatic cancer. He's a young adult cancer patient. He's a doctor in Utah. And he's like, he's just really, really funny. But we were talking about how empathy can be taught, but there's almost like a spoonful of sugar. Like you have to figure out where and when it belongs there. And how do you predetermine someone's congenital empathyometer when they enter med school?
0: That's like, I mean... First of all, let's circle it back to if they're going to med school and you want to learn empathy, they should be teaching more with patients as these young doctors are being trained. That's where empathy happens from yep. understanding the lived experiences of the people that they're going to try to treat. But currently, so there's such a dearth of that in medical school training. And so ask patients.
1: All right. Final thought. So post office is going it crazy now because clearly it makes sense that they should be vaccinated. And how are they not part of frontline when they're delivering mail and packages around the country every day? When I saw that, I'm like, why should they even have to be screaming? This should have been an obvious thing. And then you have to go back to who decided based on what data in science who comes first. And I don't know if there was a right and wrong. I don't think there was any one way to do it that and everyone happy. But what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think coming back to that here, it is, you know, mid-February. I would love to have a vaccine, but I also understand that here in New York, that is a position of privilege because there are so many other states that are just age-based and they are not getting to people with pre-existing conditions for a long time or any sort of disabilities. There've been huge campaigns in California to try to get them to add people with disabilities to the list. So I think to your point around you know, is it postal workers? Or how do we come up with who does this? I mean, obviously, the CDC convened a panel um, to get some advice on this. I, it's tough to, to judge it all. Because of course, there's no great way of making sure that it's, you know, all inclusive, but you know, in every state is different. So it's hard for me to also be sad and complaining that I don't know how I'm going to get my vaccine when it's probably going to be way sooner than so many other people.
1: I think the greatest irony of this particular conversation that you and I are having is that, you know, your segment is called non-compliant, but here we are begging people to be compliant.
0: <laughs> I'm begging people to be compliant and I'm begging to also be compliant. Please let me get my dose. I will get it exactly 21 days later. I will be first in line. I will do everything that I can. Um, but yeah, it's it's a struggle. The only thing I'm going to be non-compliant with is if I have to somehow like I don't want to say fudge the system, but like, I feel that I don't have the information that I need as a patient, um, to be able to advocate for myself to get the vaccine because this immunocompromised umbrella term does not give me the confidence that I need to know that I will qualify. So it puts me in a weird position that I don't know if I'm pulling the wool over someone's eyes when I'm trying to say, yes, I do qualify. I don't know. And I don't know who's trained to verify that. If I show up there and show them my patient portal and they see all my meds and they see all my conditions, what volunteer vaccine worker would say, yep, <laughs> Like they'll probably just say you're too sick to get
1: this. You know, and, and I am i don't want to, I feel like I should not say this on the air, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like they're not checking. They just want people to show up. They just need your driver's license and you get a patient ID when you get your scheduling done. And no one's like, Looking rifling through your medical records when you get there, you're just going to get there and get your shot.
0: I mean, I don't know. I'll document it when this, the process happens and unfolds. Just give me the chance.
1: I mean, I, I didn't feel like I was gaming the system because I was part of a category that they let you be. But to be honest with you, like I, I don't want to tell everyone to just go there and pretend to be someone else. They're not checking. But if, the, if it's there and you want to get it and you really feel like you should be, like you should be and post workers should be, you know, go forth.
0: <laughs> that's yes. Everybody can make their own decision. We're all, you know,
1: have ah, our own agency. Morals and ethics and guidelines. Oh, my.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's tough. Um, and that's, I think, what everyone's struggling with. But I, my heart does go out to everybody else in similar positions that is trying to figure out when they can be. And for those people who are on the fence still and are not convinced that they should be getting a vaccine, you know. I don't necessarily know the answer for that, but perhaps, yeah, doing some reading and future research to see that this is safe and effective. I am absolutely advocating that everybody I know gets it as soon as they can.
1: Hashtag science.
0: <laughs> yes. The return of science.
1: Fantastic. I think on the next exciting episode of non-compliant, where we're enforcing compliance. Let's reconvene after you get your vaccine, if it's not seven weeks from now.
0: I was going to say, oh my gosh, it's going to be forever from
1: now. <laughs> I'll see you in August, folks.
0: <laughs> Seriously, bye. <laughs> so are you ready to challenge the status quo? Well, join me as we take on healthcare. Whether you're a patient who wants to share your story or a company who needs that valuable patient input, well, come on over to Savvy Cooperative. Visit us at www.savvy.coop. I'm Jen Horinjo. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Noncompliant.
1: That's all for today, folks. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Our senior producers are Jen Horanjeff and Andrew McDowell. Darren Tun is our production intern. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Matthew Zachary. Our theme music is by the Mike Van Allen Quintet and by Mara. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make guest recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.